Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friend with the good news. You're the friend today, Moose. Oh, yay. Actually, our friend Dan Jacobs is coming in. Dan and I met when he was a producer in radio at The Fan. and uh, I was uh, trying to think, what was the nickname he gave you? It was um, me and Sandy Clough. It was Sanji. Angie Sandy. and San- yeah, Sandy and Angie Sanji. Very nice. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? It's a pretty name for a daughter, Sanji, <laughs> isn't it? It's beautiful. So Dan will be here to help us out with good news in a few minutes. A former uh, uh, former radio producer and now real estate agent and attorney. Yeah, slash superhero, slash, you know, lifeguard, whatever else he does, you well, know. He actually has a really cool story, and I'll tell it before he gets here because. He was his nephew was living with him, as my understanding. They were very close, and his nephew got sick, mm-hmm. and his nephew died young, you know, like middle school age. And so he loved him so much that he decided he was going to live with purpose in for his nephew. Oh. And so then he became an attorney, and now he's a real estate attorney too, and agent. So he did that because he thought he wanted to live in like honor of his uh, nephew. And in radio producing, he didn't feel doing the sports radio that he was having an impact. So maybe. He he needs to work for the good news. Right, exactly. <laughs> Wait, are you trying to wiggle me out of a job that's going no, on here? No, I was trying to make you feel like you have purpose. Oh, oh okay. Because <laughs> I was saying he left being a radio producer. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. I've got a happy message story, okay, to start our good news. Oh, and by the way, I've got a friend, Sandy Steffes, coming in to talk about, uh, interestingly enough, we were just talking about losing a little uh, a little one, um, her daughter also elementary school age when she lost her and she started um, uh, a foundation in her honor to help other families who are going through treatment of their kids with cancer. Right. I can't even imagine the heartbreak that parents go through. I mean, I have little ones and just thinking about that just, you know, puts my gut in a knot and I just have to skip over it. Well, she, um, she's got an inspirational story though. She, uh, was able to get through because of her faith and I'll never forget seeing her at the funeral with, uh, Michaela stuffed animal, you know, and, uh, under her arm and, Ooh, it was just heartbreaking. But, you know, Michaela was so special. She really feels they still have a connection, mm, you know, it's yeah. beautiful. Okay. Um, so here's our, um, happy message story, plain happy messages. So did you know there's only, there's less than 10, I think it's five sky riders in the country, plain sky Sky riders? Only five? Yeah. Oh man, there goes my anniversary ideas out the window. Re- yeah. Oh, well, but it's, it's really expensive. My anniversary really? is tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. How, what is it? Eight. Yeah. I think what are we? Eleven? Yeah. Ours is the end of the month. My husband's out of town though, so hopefully he'll be in town when it comes around. Yeah. All right. So plain um, happy messages. So someone just wanted to like put messages of hope in the sky. I think this is so cool. Take a listen. For the past couple of days, nobody could figure it out, you know, what, who was doing it and why they were doing it. People have been mystified. Look at the tea. What's that going to be? Clouds of love seem to be appearing out of thin air, mysterious positive messages appearing above their heads. We were at Jazz Fest today and we saw this big heart. The man with the magic wand, or magic airplane, is Nathan Hammond. 
He's been skywriting for nearly 20 years. And by the way, there's only five skywriters in the country. The last thing you want to do is spell something wrong. All right, here we go. But apparently he's doing it right. With words like hope, faith, and coexist, his work has been going crazy on social media. Local businessman Frank Skurlock came up with the idea. He hired Hammond after seeing all the recent violence in New Orleans and across the country. Across the country, like Baltimore, for instance. And you have to be a good speller, so I wonder if he brings a dictionary up there. Well, I was thinking when back when I was diagnosed with dyslexia back in my teens, my dad did some research saying, you know, is there any jobs that dyslexic people probably shouldn't do? And the only one he came up with was Sky. court reporter. Oh, not skywriting. No, but I guess there's a second <laughs> one to add on to the list. Because no. that could get me in trouble, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I bid you how much to spell what? Hippo. No, it's supposed yeah. to be hope. Yeah. Hope. <laughs> All right. So um, there's a little more to the story, but I just think it's cute that they call it clouds of love. And then I'm picturing up there with him with a thesaurus and a dictionary and <laughs> all the necessary things to get all the words right. Skurlock had specific orders for the messages. Start spreading love. Try to make people realize that we're all in this together. And there's absolutely no sense in, in everything that's happening. To have a message that everybody can connect with that is positive, that is good, um, and everybody enjoys it and then spreads it around, that's kind of what we're here for. I asked Nathan how he makes the letters look so perfect and flying the appropriately named Sky Magic, his response was, a good magician never reveals his secrets. And all that smoke oil is injected into the exhaust, which is, comes underneath the engine or underneath the airplane there. And, uh, and that's where the smoke comes out. They're not just putting smiles in the sky, but also on people's faces. Something positive like that is just fantastic. We love it. Well, just, kind of, just fantastic. Well, it's kind of exciting to see, huh? Oh, I wonder what's next. Is that a P? Right. Like <laughs> what that lady said during the first clip, I wonder what that T is going to be. And be like, oh. thank you for being awesome. Awesome. Everything is awesome. Uh, um, you know, it's interesting. He was talking about faith and uh, hope, faith and love. And um, I was looking back at some old wedding pictures and my cakes, because there were a whole bunch of different cakes, and I noticed they said uh, Faith, Hope, and Love, and I was like, oh my goodness, who knew that I'd then name my girls Faith and Hope, you know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. It was on the cakes. Because I said, put some real cool words on the cakes. Yeah, it was really cool. I have some friends who are from Nigeria, and they have three girls, and it's comfort, joy, and love. Oh, wow. Because when love was born, we were all like taking bets. I wonder what it's going to be. And the figure, because we already had comfort and uh, mercy, so is it going to be love? Is it going to be joy? What's going to oh, be next? wow, that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that. All right, here we have a pretty cool story. I think my our friend Dan Jacobs will like this. We kind of already talked a little bit about Dan and his story, so we'll get him in here as he enters the studio and we talk about parents and their thoughts. So a lot of parents actually have, uh, you know, interesting ideas about um, whether or not they're good parents or not. Hi, Dan. So we're talking about... Um, you know, I think a lot of us are really hard on ourselves, and we wonder if we're doing a good job. Do you ever feel that way? Oh, yeah. I mean, now that Sailor is getting bigger and realizing, oh, this is what it's like to be a parent, as opposed to just watch the little slug crawl across the floor and actually yeah. have to be a parent. It's like, am I doing it right? And then yeah, just like think... a loaf of bread in the beginning, kind of. Right. And then as I'm uh, thinking about, you know, elementary age, I'm like, gosh, it comes with like a whole nother set of another Batman tool belt that I have to deal with when she's older. And yeah. I think I'm just barely equipped to deal with a toddler right now. I feel like I have to stay one day ahead of her and then 
And Dan, we were talking about you parenting your nephew too. And I think we all have doubts, don't you? You know, in oh my Minnesota came <laughs> doubts. out. Doubts. We all have doubts, you know, about our parenting from time to time, don't you think? Well, if you don't, I don't think you are doing the job right. Yeah. I would imagine if you think you've got it knocked, you probably don't. And I think um, recently I, I was reading that stress you know, is contagious to your kids. And I thought, oh, my gosh, because my husband's got a startup and it's been stressful. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we're like pouring that on our kids. And I can tell by their reactions sometimes we are. So here's some parents uh, talking about how they feel they're doing. And then you'll be impressed by the letters their kids write to them about how they're doing. And by the way, some of these parents are single parents. Um, some um, have lost a spouse. One woman's in a wheelchair. So they're already facing additional struggles in their parenting. I love seeing the world in their eyes, but when I can't spend time with them, I do feel like I let them down sometimes. I didn't know how hard work it was until I actually had to do it on my own. I failed, I think, on a daily basis to live up to my own expectations. I uh, question whether I'm doing a good job every, every day. The boundaries too loose, what is right, what is wrong, and you get inundated with all of this information about how to do it and what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong that you start to second guess yourself. I wonder what he's thinking all the time or what he's feeling because he doesn't really communicate all his feelings and emotions. My dad passed away almost two years ago from cancer. Parents are the most important thing. I don't know how she thinks she's doing as a mother, but sometimes I mean, you just don't really know the right words to say. Dear Mom, I often forget to tell you how much you mean to me. You always taught me to stay positive, even when it feels like the world has fallen down around me. I never really told you how much you mean to me. And that's because there aren't words powerful enough to describe how much you mean to me. I admire your strength and courage. I love you so much. Love, Claire. Can you believe that kid lost her dad saying sometimes she doesn't know the right words to say to her mom to comfort her mom? Yeah, that's just, man, it's hard to think about. My sister got divorced when my nephew was quite young, and there were times when, you know, she was heartbroken, and my nephew would try to comfort her, but she'd realize that's not his job. Yeah. He's the kid. He shouldn't have to comfort me. Yeah. But And he still tells me today, I don't know what to say to my mom when she feels heartbroken. Oh. Yeah. Well, and the dad, too, the dad was interesting when he said, um, and he's a big, tough guy, he said, I didn't realize how difficult it was to parent until I had to do it alone, mm -hmm. you know, and so they're facing additional struggles. So listen to part two, because they're reading more of the letters from the kids with the kids basically telling them, hey, you're a great parent. Dear dad, the advice you gave me is to go to college, graduate, and be an honest person. And I follow these principles, and I will be well off. Dear Mom, thank you for being such an amazing mom. When I grow up, I always remember, I will always remember watching the sunset with you in Hawaii and all the times you help me feel better when I'm having a bad day. Sorry. But you always tell me to keep trying and that I can do it. One of the hardest times was when my friends left me. I felt useless and unwanted, but even at that time you supported me. I couldn't have a better mom. Love, Zoe. Uh, this means a lot to me. <laughs> Makes me feel like I've done a really good job. So maybe I think I'm only doing a seven, but if I get a kid to write a letter like this, it's got to be closer to ten. Oh, honey. Brought tears to your dad's eyes. 
<laughs> the tough guy one gets me. When I was editing this and putting it into the system, I'm sitting there in my studio <laughs> turning into a hot blubbery mess like these people were. <laughs> Dan, I don't know if you knew my last producer, but Bill, he'd sob at his desk all like afternoon long cutting my audio. And I thought it was hilarious. Like I'd be like, Are you okay? He goes, I just cutting your stories for the good news. Well, but it's a good thing that you are so tough and that you never get emotional about these things. So <laughs> they could probably evened out, didn't it? Jorge says we keep Kleenex like in uh he keeps he he runs out. There it is right there. He's got his Kleenex ready. But I I just think we're too hard on ourselves. And you know, other sometimes other people are, are more than happy to be hard on us. I know my mother-in-law doesn't think I'm a good parent because she told me. Well, she acted I shouldn't say that. My husband said, You don't think we're good parents. She goes, No, Mark, I told you you're a good parent. Silence, <laughs> silence, silence. Side Wait for lands. it. Wait for it. It's not coming. And so when my kids turn out so well and they're doing so well in school and they've recently won uh, awards for like kindness and including others, then that makes me feel really good because Sometimes you need that assurance. Like, but I think that proof is in the pudding when you've got little kids, especially. I don't mm-hmm. teens. I'm still perplexed by that whole thing, you know. But I think that we're hard on ourselves, you know, don't you, Dan? Oh yeah. I mean, like I said before, if if you think you're doing everything right, you're probably not. Um, you you're constantly, you know, second guessing. You know, am I doing the right thing? Should I be? T- you know, more like with my girls are so sweet. They're just like their mom. They're sweet. And, you know, the way I was raised is you got to be a little bit tough with them, you know. But uh, then it's like. It's hard with girls, isn't it? And then it's like, how am I going to be tough with her? You know, and so it's like, are we, are we being too too soft on them? Are we not not letting them? You know, my girls are very sweet, but it's like, well, you know, we like this week we just finally got like a chore app because we're just having a real hard time getting oh, them to do their I chores. I tried that too. It worked for yeah. a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The chore app. Oh my right. God. Well, maybe you'll be more diligent than I was. Right. So, sure yeah, just trying to trying to find that balance because you love them so much. <laughs> I you know. know. And it's hard with girls because they're so stinking cute. And with right, Sayla, have... it's like she's almost three and she's like wanting to cling to mom, always to mom. And I come home and like, hey, can I have a hug? No. Can I have a kiss? No. And it feels like maybe because I'm gone so much or maybe because I'm not the mom, uh, it feels like, you know, they're so distant. But then this weekend, had a great chance to uh, go see our friends at CYT and go see their performance trek. We had them in on the studio on Friday. Friday, and then I took my daughter to her very first theater experience and said, hey, Sayla, we're going to go see a show. And it didn't mean anything. I said, hey, Sayla, we're going to go on a date. So all lunch Aww. long yesterday, she was yelling, date, date, Aww, date. And then she, she stood, got, it. got into the lobby of the theater and just screamed at the top of her lungs, dada, date. She was just Aww, so excited. I that made me that. feel, even though I'm gone a lot, she's she cherishes our time. Yeah, it's it. hard when you're the parent, you know, you're the parent outside of the home, so you don't get the same bonding time. I'm not going to recommend this for uh, this good news story. I'm, I'm, I'm tentative as to whether it's good news or not, okay? So bear with me, okay? Dan, you're familiar as a radio producer with the general style of my show, and this does take a bit of a fork in the road. But um, so I believe his name is Floyd, okay? He's got bib overalls on. He's from the South, and he is big. He's like a Bubba-type guy, right? And he knows that there is a high-speed person suit uh, going on. I think he's been listening to his, you know, police scanner and he feels that kids are in danger. So he decides he's going to stop the motorcyclist by getting in a football stance in the middle of the road, which again, I don't recommend for the average person. Okay. And so he um, apparently is somehow, I don't know if he tackles him, grabs him, but he does stop the pursuit. I don't know the police would recommend this either. And by the way, he says he's not, when he chases him, he admits he's not very aerodynamic. He's a larger man. So he could, but he did chase, he didn't scare him enough to chase him into 
into the arms of police. So uh, it's kind of good news, but not good news if you weren't as strong and big as he is. So again, not many people could do this. Our story begins near 8th and Iowa and ends that white one right there across the street from Floyd Briggs. Just coming down through here going, wah, 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 and I thought, uh oh. He's describing a motorcycle that police had pursued through city streets and alleys till the driver, Michael Coppage, came to a Floyd in the road. I said, well, I got to stop this guy before he hurts a little kid. And I run out here and kind of getting ready for him. Yeah, I ain't no football player either. And in a matter of seconds, Coppage was on his back. And he laid that bike over about here and slid all the way that pickup. Run around that fence right there, and I just went after him. I was running out of steam pretty quick. So I'm not very aerodynamic. But Floyd managed to chase him right into the waiting arms of Chickasha police. Coppage was arrested and later admitted the only reason he had ran was his lack of a license and insurance. That's not a serious thing right there. You get a ticket and slap on the hand, pay your fine, and then go fix your problem. And for neighbors that caught this camoed cavalier in action, he's got a message. I did use some language that just isn't how I talk, and I'd like to apologize to them folks because uh, that was kind of uncalled for. The words, some of the words I use, I'm pretty worked up, and so I'm sorry for that. Well, how sweet Floyd's apologizing for his colorful well, language. There's your good news: a uh, lesson in humility. There you go. <laughs> I mean, can't you picture him, though, in his bib overalls? And, you know, he is just, yeah, not recommended to stop a high-speed pursuit with your body, Floyd. I think I'm going to steal that. I'm not very aerodynamic. Oh, not very. All right, so, Dan, you got to listen to the next segment because uh, I mentioned at the beginning that you'd had a, a, very, a nephew very close to you and you uh, kind of had uh, a bond with him and you wanted to make a difference in the world and kind of changed your life course. And coming up next is another friend of mine, Sandy Steffes, and I knew her daughter and she her life was cut short and they were helped so much that they've taken the extra money per se that they had in a fund and now they're helping other parents. So those parents don't have to make a decision uh, like, you know, let's say it's an expensive treatment and you have to say, wow, can I afford this treatment or not. Mm -hmm. And you know, Dan, you join us um, on the show when you talk about um, your business, real estate, you help us in terms of questions. I want to make sure people can reach you um, if they have questions about real estate or they'd like to list their home because things are going like hotcakes right now. What's your website? Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash Dan T. Jacobs Law or just send me an email at Dan Jacobs Real Estate at gmail.com. Excellent. And you can always get through Dan, to Dan through me, AustinNews at gmail.com. And Sandy Steffes is next. Proclaiming the love of Christ. 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Monica Hawkins Ministries is an evangelical ministry whose focus is to serve others and to be a voice that shares the Word of God and His love. We would like for you and your family to come in fellowship with us during our bi-weekly Bible study. And on the first Saturday of every month, we have our women's ministry, Women of Strength. Our Bible studies are located at the Highlands Ranch East Ridge Recreation Center. For more information, please visit our website, Monica Hawkins Ministries, do you need money for your school or maybe you need money for your organization? I have a great idea for you. It's called Buck a Bag. So you get all the parents, let's say, at your school to bring in clothing and shoes. And for every medium-sized bag, your school or organization gets a dollar. A thousand bags of clothing and shoes, you get a thousand dollars. And then all of those bags of goods go to ARC. And all of that money will then in turn help the disabled community. I have Miranda from ARC here. Uh, tell us a little more, Miranda. Yes, it's a wonderful fundraiser. It's very popular among schools, sports organizations. 
organizations, churches. It's a great way to earn money for your nonprofit organization. So Excellent. collect bags and boxes of donations. Give us a call. We'll come pick them up, count them, and then pay you accordingly, a dollar per bag or per box. It's a great way to raise money for your school or not-for-profit organization. Tell us how we do it. Give us your website and instructions, Miranda. You can find our contact information on arcthrift.org. Click on Mission and then click on Raise Money for Your Cause and you'll find my contact information there. Excellent. A buck a bag. Walt Wilson from Private Pension Design talks about partnering with Angie Austin. Well, my experience over the last six months has been just a positive effect on my life, and I've enjoyed working with Angie and the staff. I would do this even if I didn't get customers off the show, but I have gotten clients off the show. But it's just neat to see somebody in this media talking about things that happen that are good in in the world and can encourage us. I have received phone calls from clients wanting to know more about what I do. I've had people come to my seminars that we've been uh, advertising on. It's been a positive relationship for me. It's just been a great, great environment for me to be involved in. And I'm an older person and uh, I've been around the world just to see the enthusiasm that this particular station has. It's just great. I love it. I endorse the good news 100%. If you want to find out more about partnering with the good news and Angie Austin, call Mike Treen at 303-481-1800. That's 303-481-1800. Well, if you want to attain your dreams and you want to reach your goals, Carrie Conley is the woman to do it. And we just had a great seminar. Boy, that was fun. And we learned so much. We It was a life changer, was it not? It changed my life last year and once again this year. Very inspirational. It's such a reward for me, Angie, when I see people, not only when I work with them one-on-one or in my small mastermind groups, but when you've got 200 people in a room and you can see them, I can see all their faces when I say something or somebody else says something where you can just know that that hit them to the core. And they made a huge shift in their life. And that's what it's all about. Well, you've really guided me in my career, achieving some of the goals that, you know, I had in mind over the last year. You helped me write it all down. If people want to work with you in the future, how do they get in touch with you and how do they work with you on achieving their goals, Carrie? So the best way to reach me is just through my website, infinitenation.com. And what I do is run mastermind groups that I bring people into for the year and help them achieve their goals, build their business, infinitenation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. um, And you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things. But it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. The Love of Christ. 810 a.m. KLVZ. 
Welcome back to the good news. Well, so cool to be able to have an old friend on the show. Um, when I was in the TV news business, I had one of my favorite cameramen was, da- cameramen was Dan Steffes. And you know when you have a colleague that just always has a smile on his face and he's friendly and a go-getter? And so I knew his family, Sandy, who's here, and then his kids as well, Wyatt, who was tiny at the time when I met him. And, oh, he was a handful. And then Michaela, their daughter, who was a bit older, about six years older than Wyatt, was she? Almost six years older. So Sandy is here to talk about their story and their journey uh, with their daughter, Michaela, who was just the sweetest, most wonderful little girl and had such an amazing disposition and such an old soul. So um, working with Dan was such a pleasure. You know, am I describing him right? He's got a smile on his face. He's a real go He's not lazy. He's always willing to go the extra mile and such a pleasure to work with someone like that. It makes the workplace so much better. He loves his work. So yeah, he does. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you know, he and I are, I think, close in age, so it's not like we were new at the job, and sometimes, like, the glamour wears off, you know, and so, you know, you start to lose that, um, I don't know, enthusiasm, Mm -hmm. some people do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and turn into a curmudgeon, and he never got (laughs) (laughs) curmudgeon-y. He did his best, yeah. He did, and he's still working as a cameraman? He is, yeah. He's doing sports sports more now. Right, right. He's at altitude. Yeah, still. Wow. Well, he stays in places a long time. I know that. He's one of those guys. That's great. All right, Sandy. So when I met you and your family, boy, I I think I knew you like around when Wyatt was born, too, because he was just a little guy. We we played um, Channel 2 baseball team. Your husband Mm -hmm. and my husband played together. Your husband was the shortest on the team. My husband was the tallest on the (laughs) team. That's (laughs) right. That's right. Isn't that funny? Nope. Yep. I never really, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and both had the biggest smiles. Yeah. So um, I got to know your kids and uh, why I was always cracking me up running across the parking oh lot. I'll never forget you running top speed trying to catch him. Oh. running across, And he would not stop. He thought it was hilarious. And Michaela was like motherly towards absolutely. him, wasn't she? Absolutely. Yeah. She just thought the world of him and she did. couldn't wait for him to come into the world. And boy, she just took over. <laughs> yeah. So she was right about kindergarten age when he was born. Yes. So ready to help and go get diapers and get a bottle and really be your uh, sidekick. Absolutely. Mother's assistant. Absolutely. Yeah, and she was, was wasn't she? She was, yeah. And she did it like, well, she wasn't, she did it willingly, like happily. Oh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she just took over. And I had to keep reminding her, you know, who was the mom? Who is the daughter? Who is the sister? (laughs) (laughs) I can totally see that, too, her telling him what to do and wrangling him. And she never got impatient with him that I could tell when we were at the games because he took a lot of watching. And so um, I wasn't even aware when I knew Michaela that she'd had a diagnosis when she was young. And that diagnosis became more severe as she got older. So let's talk about little Michaela and uh, what what you and Dan, uh, you know, found out was going on with her when she was little. Sure. Um, she started having um, these spots on her. Um, they look like birthmarks, and I asked the doctor about them, and they said, oh, it's you know, just nothing to be concerned of, but just keep an eye on them and let us know if you see any changes or growths or more of them. And so, okay, that's fine. Um, fortunately, my uncle is a neurologist, and I had mentioned it to him, and he threw this word at me, neurofibromatosis. And I was like, what, what the heck is that? And he, so he told me, but he was also not concerned at the time either. Um, until she got to be about two, she did have quite a few more spots. And um, the doctors asked for some more testing. Um, apparently there's three different criteria, or at least three criteria to be diagnosed with neurofibromatosis. And she ended up having 
at least three. So um, what we learned was this is a varying disease where it can be either very mild, hardly noticeable at all, all the way up to having tumors um, on your body. They grow wherever you have nerves, so that's internally or externally. Um, the nerves. And they can look just even like bumps yes. too. Yes. Okay. Because they... I have a friend that has it, and she just gets little bumps, right. and I wouldn't really know that she had it, but she notices the bumps. But mm -hmm. to me, they're not really that noticeable. Right. And you can have them removed, and most mm -hmm. of them are benign, but right. some of them aren't benign. Right. Like ninety-five percent of them are benign. So just like a bump. Right. Okay. Uh -huh. And they, they, people can live with them quite normally unless they're in a place that's very obtrusive, you know, like on a belt line or, you know, under their arm or sometimes just if it's cosmetically on their face, their face they would like they to have, have a, them yeah. removed. And then they can be removed and then does it grow back in the same place or is that one gone? It just kind of depends. Depends. Yeah. Okay. Everyone's yeah. unique and individual with this. And it's interesting too that the severity, like you said, mm -hmm. some people, it's you can't even tell they have it. Right. And then other people, you mm -hmm. it, they really get big bumps all over and like you said sometimes internally right. or let's talk about that you said 95 percent of these are um, benign and so she's just a toddler mm -hmm. um, when she's diagnosed and so you don't have Wyatt yet mm -hmm. and things just co and it can can cause um, um, some other health or learning disabilities and Michaela mm -hmm. didn't have any problems with that she was sharp as a tack right Right, and the doctors, she was doing so well, the doctor said she didn't even need to go in for her annual checkups anymore unless we had a concern. Oh. So she was doing great, and we thought we were going to sail through this, but they did always say once she gets into puberty and the hormones start kicking in, there's a chance things could change. So we like were always speed up or that. something. Right, or okay. she could just start you know, developing tumors or maybe a learning disability or whatever, but she seemed to be fine until she had this sore on her back that wouldn't go away. And how old was she when that happened? She was um, nine. Nine, okay. I think she just turned nine, yeah. And so her back was bothering her, and it wouldn't go away, so you took her in, and it was the neurofibromatosis. They're, they found something, yeah, on her right lung, the top of her right lung. And it was uh, a tumor. It was. But yeah. this one wasn't benign. No. So it, it was cancer. Yes. And you had it removed. Yes, and then what? Um, it was removed, and um, they did radiation to make sure that they had got it all. Um, we were felt confident that she was going to be fine, um, but we did some scans, and it showed that there was some more tumors on the bottom of her lung now. So, so it had spread. It had spread. And I remember that time, you know, she seemed, she was so upbeat, mm -hmm. and she'd still come to the baseball games, yep. and she seemed so confident, and she talked about her surgery or um, her make-a-wish trip that she was going to take. Right. And she talked about everything in a very mature manner and very calm and not emotional about it. No, cancer was just kind of a sideline of her life. She just kept doing what she was doing when she could do it. The can she had pretty intense cancer treatments, so they did wipe her out quite yeah, often. Tired. But when she wasn't tired, she just jumped right back in and did what she was doing and caught up with school. She went to school. Um, yeah, she kept going to school right until the end. Yep, she did. And I'll never forget, you said, I believe you told me that um, she picked out the song she wanted to play at her funeral. Um, she played in the choir. Right. She was in the choir, and 
I think what she did was she let our choir director know. The choir director knew what were her favorite songs, uh-huh. and um, it just worked out. That the perfectly. kids knew her favorite song yep. because these were her classmates in her mm-hmm. private elementary school. She was still in elementary school. Right. And she was 10. Right. She passed away. She, she and was Wyatt, just two months short of turning 11. So, And Wyatt was how old then? Um, he was Five, five and a half. Yeah, he was a little guy, like around kindergarten age. Yeah. Okay, so you guys go through this battle for a couple of years, hoping, obviously, that she's going to get better. She's oh, yeah. planning her make-a-wish trip. Did she get to go on her trip? Yes, she did. Where did she go? Was it Disney? <laughs> she went. We went to um, California, although her first wish was she wanted to go to the bottom of the Atlantic and see the Titanic. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> to Michaela to pick out the most amazing trip I like in the world but that an adult would pick because she was such an old soul. She loved the Titanic oh and goodness. that movie had just come out. They probably so. tried to didn't they? Well you know they said they looked into it <laughs> and they came back and apparently Make-A-Wish has a budget. Thank goodness. Yes. So I was worried. I was like please don't send her down there. Oh no. <laughs> so I was quite relieved and yes we ended up going to Disney no Universal Studios. Okay. okay. Yeah, Instead and, of to the bottom of the ocean yes. to see the Titanic. She cracked <laughs> me up oh my gosh she was so yeah, funny she was hilarious so um we uh, she wanted to see zach and cody they were the big stars oh, at the time yeah 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 i remember that yeah okay so um how many years have passed now since um, michaela passed away um we're coming up on nine years and nine has it been that long yeah wow isn't that yeah, unbelievable because why it's like a teenager now he is yeah he's unbelievable. 14 14 yeah and he I think you've posted some things before about him honoring his sister. Like he's really like you wanted to keep her memory alive. And that's one of the reasons you're here. We're going to talk about Michaela's foundation. But mm-hmm. I wanted to get into too, uh, Sandy, at, you know, being your friend at the time, you know, when, when Michaela passed away and, and my husband and I were at her, at her funeral with you guys, mm-hmm. I could sense a deep sense of faith from you. And we didn't talk about that at the time. No. Um, and so I, I was a woman of faith. You were a woman of faith. But at that mm-hmm. time, you know, your husband being my colleague, we're sitting at baseball games. I'm chatting with your daughter, you know, watching you and your son. Um, I didn't know that about you. And mm-hmm. so when I went to the funeral, I got a deep sense of how strong your faith was. And I knew that your daughter was in her private school and that mm-hmm. your faith, I could tell, was something that you were going to lean on. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that, how you walked through that time of losing, you know, you've got two children, you, your daughter passes away at 10 years old. And how do you, how do you, how do you do it? How do you, how does God get you through it? Um, you know, it, it's, God is just a loving, wonderful God, and he carries you when you need it. Um, I thought I knew what faith was until this happened right. to us. And honestly, it did shatter me. I was very angry, and God knew it. I let him know it, <laughs> and, uh, but he was still there for me. And um, I knew I would come back to him, but I just needed to let my anger out because Michaela was... Um, she was going to be my best friend. She was your best friend. She was my best friend. But the plans that I had for a daughter yeah. in my life, oh. Well, I have to be honest, you guys did have a bond that was really special. She was. She knew me in and out. She knew when I needed cheering up. Yeah. She. We had private jokes between each other. <laughs> so and, funny. you know, everything. And then just, it was gone. And I could not understand why. And... Um, How could you have a relationship that special, a daughter that special? And, you know, mm-hmm. 
a lot, everyone says their kids are special and every kid is mm-hmm. special, mm-hmm. but she was like your best friend. She was like an old soul mm-hmm. and she had such compassion and such um, patience that was beyond her years mm-hmm. and um, her emotions were beyond her years. You know, she had a lot of, uh, she had a calm about her she for did. a kid. She wasn't running around yelling, screaming, doing, you know, jumping jacks and cartwheels even before she got sick. Right. She had that, call- she would sit and have conversations with me like another yeah. Like mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. She just had a, a, just a piece about her. She did. That's a good way to put it. And that's what I think got me through because I knew how faith-filled she was. She loved God. And she was so happy at her school and she just thrived there. Yes, yeah, she did. Um, and I think once I settled down and I realized it, there was always a, as a parent, when your child dies, you always... You know they're not coming back, but there's still always that feeling, I just wish they'd come back, or yeah. you still expect them to come back, or you still expect them to call. Or you wonder what they'd be like when they were exactly. grown up, or mm-hmm. a teenager, or 22, or graduating at college, and all those milestones that Wyatt's hitting, you're wondering yeah. what they would be like for her, because mm-hmm. she was so unique and mature. You wonder what she'd be like as a college student, you know, probably the mature one, you know? Right. I mean, you're envisioning in your mind, mm-hmm. what, what, what would she have been like? Yeah. Yeah, and to go through her life in my mind was was agonizing. I mean, it was wonderful, but at the same time, to not be able to have anything tangible, yeah, it it gets so hard. Um, but you find your way, and um, as I've gone on and listened to Michaela, because she's always with me, she's always giving me signs. I have come back to God in such a bigger better way that I never thought would ever happen. That is so I'm so grateful. I just, I'm just, I, I'm amazed at how happy I am considering how much I miss her. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I sense that about you whenever I see you. Okay, so when you say you get signs, do you get like a sense of peace from her? Or has God just given you a sense of peace? Because when my friend um, lost her son um, in, the, in, in Iraq um, to um, a roadside bomb, she said, that she had to write, she wrote a book about it because she said she wanted uh, people to know God was real because she never thought she could survive that mm-hmm. and that she was given this sense of peace through her faith and that mm-hmm. God like held her, she put it, carried her through it and she didn't think she could survive it. Yeah, yeah. It is amazing how you're able to pick yourself up um, after anything like that. And um, so I made it very clear to myself and to God, I said, I know she's not gone, gone. I know her spirit is still here. And I need to have that with me to keep going Going. and take care of my son, take care of my husband and myself. Yeah, I need that. If you want me to stay here, and if you've got some purpose for me, please help me know that my daughter is always with me. So in Michaela's wonderful sense of humor, (laughs) she is constantly making me laugh and showing me things where I will be talking about something just out of the blue and then I'll turn around and there that person is. Or um, her sign to us is rainbows and the rainbows come up. I never have seen a rainbow in December and now I see a rainbow, her birthday's in December and I see a rainbow all the time in December. It's just um, little things. She sends me angels. She sends me just um, 
Oh, so you feel I her have sweet presence. Absolutely. And that peace. So it's given you some mm -hmm. peace and some joy, I can tell by looking at your face. Yes. And like you said, that you could be this happy when you miss her so much. Yes. So let's talk about Michaela's foundation because okay. this is important to you and you have mm -hmm. a fundraiser coming up. So yeah. talk about why you started this, obviously, to keep Michaela's uh, name and hope and faith and, you know, uh, mm -hmm. alive. Yeah. As a parent, um, especially of a young child, your biggest fear is that people will forget your child yeah. because they didn't have their chance to go out and make their big mark, mark in the yeah. world. So that it was um, really easy for us to start this foundation because our community was so incredibly generous they to They really us. helped with your medical bills. They and did. They did. They loved you and Dan, and there yeah. was a lot of support from your friends and colleagues. So you had extra money. We only have two minutes left, so I don't want to okay. run out of time. Okay. So you're helping other families. Right. We're passing it forward. We had money left over. We're passing it forward. So when they are able, have to make decisions for the care of their child who is going through cancer treatments, they're able to just say yes with Without worrying how they're going to the pay money. for it. I see like if a treatment would be too much, they can mm -hmm. say yes and not worry about the money. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you guys help with that with Michaela's Foundation. Mm -hmm. And then what's going to happen in September? Um, we have a Michaela Ball event. Michaela loved to play kickball. And uh, so we go out, we play non-competitive kickball, and we raise money to help the families. That's um, wonderful. Yeah, it's just, we have so much fun. Little kids play, big pl kids play, and it's just so fun to see everybody getting out there, kicking the ball around, and we have door prizes and food, and it's... And it's felt really good to help these other families who were in the same position that you were once in. Absolutely, yes. I just, you know, we know how hard it is to make those decisions. So um, whatever we can do to help. imagine having to turn down a treatment mm -hmm. for your child because financially you couldn't afford to do it. Right. All right, give us the website and spell Michaela because it is a unique spelling. Okay, it's um, www.michaela.org and Michaela is M-C-K-A-I-L-A. Michaela.org. Yes. That's easy. Yeah. All right. And then September, we can get involved in the kickball. And if people want to mm -hmm. donate and find out more about what Sandy's doing to keep Michaela, you know, her memory alive. Oh, yes. thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you so much, What Andy. a blessing to have you come in and to thank hear you. about Michaela. She always brings a smile to my face. Thank All you. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. You can always go to my website as well, AngieAustinRadio.com, if you want to contact me or ask about Sandy or any of my guests. We'll be right back. Eight ten a.m. KLVZ. Love lives here. Hello, it's your pal Angie Austin. You know, I have to tell you, if you enjoy the good news, I would love your support. I would love to team up with you, to partner with you, and help you grow your business or your nonprofit. And also, you could support the good news at the same time. I know all of my sponsors personally. I really enjoy working with these advertisers because we have friendships as well as a business relationship. This show means the world to me. I have a passion for sharing good news, and I have a passion for my faith, and I would also have a passion for you and, and building your business as well. You can reach me at angieaustinnews at gmail.com, angieaustinnews at gmail.com. I'd love to work with you. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just 
I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning. And I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. This is a good place. I really like it. This is Eric. He's an ambassador with ARC Thrift Stores. Yeah, I started at the Brick Brick and sorting the different Brick Brick stuff. Also, then I went to the showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier. He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job. And he loves where he works. I'm the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts on there and make sure there's enough bags. Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at ARC Thrift Stores. It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around that. ARC needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or ARC Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Yeah, overall I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC. Monica Hawkins Ministries is an evangelical ministry whose focus is to serve others and to be a voice that shares the word of God and his love. We would like for you and your family to come and fellowship with us during our bi-weekly Bible study. And on the first Saturday of every month, we have our women's ministry, Women of Strength. Our Bible studies are located at the Highlands Ranch East Ridge Recreation Center. For more information, please visit our website, Monica Hawkins Ministries, Org. Love Lives, 810 AM, KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. You heard our friend Dan Jacobs earlier in the show, a former radio producer, friend of mine for, I don't know, maybe 13, 14 years now. It's been a long time. And he's in real estate now, so he's here to um, answer a couple of questions regarding real estate. And Dan, things are really hot right now to the point where buyers are having to get really competitive to even like get the home that they want yeah i'll just give you an example that just blew my mind it was the biggest listing in my career the way the way it unfolded and it we'll talk about some of the things that the the buyers were doing to try and get this property but it was a property in denver right bordering on lakewood off of sheridan and we looked at all the comps and it was probably about a 200 210 house i said well our, our clients really did it very nicely we're gonna we're gonna push this to 215 and we had a hundred and forty-seven showings, what? fifty-six offers. What? That's insane. And I'll give you a dollar if you can guess the price within five thousand dollars. Okay, so it was listed at two fifteen. Okay, uh, two thirty, two forty, two hundred. Now the highest bid was two hundred and eighty-five thousand. <gasps> the winning bid, two hundred and seventy-five thousand. Cash, no appraisal, no inspection. Really? Wow. And so they say the no appraisal, no inspection, because they're trying to be the one that wins the house, per se. You know, that, get, that you picked to, to actually buy the home. Right, exactly. So 
here are some strategies if you want to put together the most competitive offer because you know especially anybody you know if you're looking at 300 250 or below it's just very very hard to find a property right now in the metro area because that's where most people are in you know their spending range but there are some things you can do so for example when i say the top offer is 285 well the reason he did that was he might as well just offered a million dollars because it was never going to appraise at 285 right ah. so what that person did was and i don't recommend that um they say 285 and they're really thinking they're only going to pay 230 that's fine because the you know they're protected by the appraisal i see so that's kind of a weird tactic and it wasn't successful for this guy obviously and we probably would not have entertained you know his offer as the top offer because of what he was doing but what some other offers were doing that happened to be beaten by this cash offer one you can say okay we know we're going to offer over and we know as a seller you're concerned that the appraisal is going to come in lower right and then so, they won't be able to get the loan exactly well or well the, the seller will just get, have to take less money right okay. so even though you might not have the money to pay $275,000 cash. If you do have some extra money, you can say, let's say you have five dollars or $10,000, you can say, okay, well, you know, the sales price is two fifteen. dollars I'm willing to pay, let's say, two thirty, dollars and I'm willing to guarantee up to $5,000 or up to $10,000 that I'll make up the difference on the appraisal. So if it comes in at two thirty, dollars and we're under contract, or excuse me, if the appraisal comes in at two twenty, dollars we're under contract for two thirty. dollars you're going to get the full sales price that we offered you. I see. Okay. So that's very, very attractive to yeah. sellers where, yeah, we're getting all these high bids, but if the you know appraisal doesn't come in, you know we're out of luck. Um, another thing that was interesting I hadn't seen before until the last couple of weekends, buyers are saying, you know, we'll give you $2,000 to pay the seller side closing costs. So like the seller oh. has to pay title insurance, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, two dollars $3,000 depending on the price of the home. They're saying, well, we'll pay for that. We'll guarantee ah, you that. So They're throwing in all these extras right. and letters, you said, like, um, you know, pleading, we'd like your home, we love your yard, we have kids, we have a dog like yours, we're just like you. You know, like, you right. know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and it's just gotten to the point where I tell my clients on the sales side, don't even read them. Don't... Uh, they're just a ploy to tug at your emotions to try and get an edge at your heartstrings right. right so they want you to care about your family when you should be caring about or they they're wanting you to care about their family when what you should be caring about is your family your family and the best deal and for the best your deal family. for your family yes so, not reading those letters and letting your heart get involved like oh this lady has cancer i've got to sell to her and then you, you've said there've been a few instances with it then you're at the closing table and the person isn't as nice as they seemed like they were oh, in the yeah, letter like, yeah it was like the one time <laughs> that was what kind of ruined those letters for me. She was a, she wrote this nice hand little oh, handwritten letter. Oh, so sweet. She was so sweet. We got to closing, and she was just a witch. And so like, you're like, Whoa. wait a second, these letters are deceiving. Yeah. This isn't right. Yeah. All right, so if people are thinking about that they've thought about listing their home in the last few years, uh, now is a really great time. If they want to know what they could potentially get for their home, you may be able to get a little bit more right now. Obviously, that home that you mentioned that you sold listed for $215, you got $275 and even an offer for $285. So how do people get in touch with you and get all those questions answered, uh, you know, that they'd like answered? Like, I, I staging, I'm wondering, like, when I sell my home, do I need to do that? But since you're saying right now it's a seller's market, maybe there's certain things you don't have to do now as a seller that you maybe would have done a few years ago. Right. We can advise you on all that. Uh, you can get a hold of me at danjacobsrealestate at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash danjacobslaw. Dan Jacobs Real Estate at gmail.com. And it doesn't cost any more the fact that you're an attorney, which is an extra perk when you're doing the contracts. That doesn't cost me any more. 
Absolutely not. I'll be your full service agent. And your and your friend of Angie Austin as well. And you can mention that. And you get no discount. Do they get a discount? <laughs> and you mentioned Danza. Hey, aren't you friends with Angie Austin? I don't. It doesn't give you anything except an extra smile and a big bear hug from Dan. Uh, you can find Dan again. Dan Jacobs Real Estate at gmail.com. Thanks for coming in, friend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.